When our guest Alana rocked up to one of our group coaching sessions earlier on the year with her young baby in tow, she instantly reminded me of me. There were days where I used to take my baby with me everywhere and then it became two babies and then three under five. Now I'm looking at completely empty nest next year, in part because I am flinging my youngest daughter out a little bit before we're both ready. I'm really looking forward to talking to Alana today about how she manages that juggle of young children and running a business where she's actually coaching people just like her to find time, beat the overwhelm and create a profitable business on their terms. My name is Rachel Claver and I'm the host of Mifit Marketing and I would love you to come on this journey with us. Alana is a corporate escapee and the co-founder of Your Success Team. It's a collective of business experts who have created a business coaching model that places multiple brains in your business to give you an immediate opportunity to get better advice and get better formulas that you can use. So it means that you don't have to be using like stringent things that fit maybe a different or older style model that doesn't fit having all those kids or all the other things that happen with the juggle. Alana's developed some really excellent tools to deal with overwhelm. She's learned from hard experience and she's going to be sharing with us how she manages the juggle, why she's learned to be kind to herself and how to have more reasonable expectations of what's actually possible and why it is okay to take time out work out your profit around the hours that you can work and not the other way around. As she says, at the end of the day, she wants to work with business owners who want to make money from their talents while living life on their very unique terms. Let's get started talking to her. Welcome, this is Mavit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hi and welcome to another episode of Map It Marketing. I'm really excited to have Alana Swain with us today. She is, full disclaimer, one of my coaching clients and she is also a happy chatty person. So that's perfect for podcasts. Um, Alana is a business coach, although she doesn't like that term. I've made her use it because it's good for SEO. She's against all bro marketing stuff, so she avoids it. But for SEO guys, you have to use the terms people search for you for. So we have to get over it, don't we, Alana? We do. I like the finger wag tone in your voice there. Yeah, yeah, it's really (laughs) important. Um, So her business is your success team, which she co-runs with her business partner, Robin. And they're both amazing. Chalk and cheese, like me and Rod. Yes, absolutely. She's the clam to my farm. I couldn't believe when she joined my TikTok challenge. I was like, what the hell, Robin? What are you doing joining a TikTok challenge? This is not like you. Is is Alana standing behind you with a gun to your head? (laughs) She has a new. (laughs) I think it was so nice. So Alana uh, works mainly with um, small business owners and helping them build successful businesses. And I've got her on today particularly to talk about how to manage with the overwhelm that we get when we just are time poor trying to manage everything. So without further ado, Alana, I've kind of already introduced you a little bit, but tell us a little bit about you and your success team and how it all came about. Absolutely. So um, yeah, I'm Alana. I am the chattier, talky hander, more analogia half of analogia. your success team. That's so, I'm going to use so analogy gr- Grammar police come at me for that one. Um, but so so myself and, and Robin, we did a whole lot of work with a whole bunch of business owners that really painful time um, post-COVID and when all the pots of money opened up for business experts. And we saw that there's this real gap where actually as small business owners, we need help across all of our areas of business, not just one area. Otherwise, we're like a weird you know, like top heavy guy at the gym and all we've been doing is lifting weights, but we can't get up because we've got no glute power, right? Um, So we decided to join forces and bring that diversity of thinking so that you get the benefit of multiple minds on your business, but for just one overhead. And then what we've really seen is there's this big gap in those folks that have got probably less than 20 staff and even smaller than that, those real micro businesses is how do you get help when you most need it, which is just when there's so many ideas and so much overwhelm and and the algorithm works out you've started a business so it starts coming at you with all these bloody messages and everyone promises you uh you know like a silver bullet and there just is no silver bullet and so that's that's what we're here for is we're to be your practical 
grounded place to come and just work through it step by step because the more you know, then you can learn something else. But trying to learn at ground zero when someone else is, you know, on, on the fifth floor, you can't compare your journeys. Uh, and so that's that's really what we like to, you know, sort of create a space for. And all of our memberships are community-based because it's lonely. And that's one of the things we really love about working with you, Rachel, and the Content Master Web is that that community is like, it's this place to come and chat with people who are also experimenting and trying different things. Because if you've started a business and all your friends are still in corporate or they're all teachers or they're all nurses and they just don't get it, and then you're out there on social media and everyone looks like they've got their shit together, like where do you go and ask for help? And so that's what we yeah. love is creating that space that you can just let your guard down and breathe. And then from that, of course, it's easier. I'll actually just say something on that because I know people often ask for advice in Facebook groups and I want to talk to that. So obviously I have a Facebook group where I, I want people to ask advice for in there, but I often see people asking questions that I go, you really should be using someone like you and asking in a private, safer space because some of the questions that get asked are actually really bad, a bad look for you as a business owner publicly. You know, and so that's where this your sort of community is helpful. Absolutely. And I think, you know, like th there's also a level of ask for help and also we should be talking about money in a safe way, like not in a seven-figure braggy way. And I think that's another thing that sometimes those business Facebook communities cannot be so constructive for, which is to share that actually maybe you're feeling really ick about cash flow even though maybe your accountant says your profit's good and you're struggling to reconcile those two things, but then everyone else is just in the corner shouting about their 10K months. And so you're like, oh, it definitely is not. It, it's just me. Yeah, and I'm just going to chat about those 10K months because they are like a bugbear for me. Like this whole idea that you need to have a 10K month to be successful for a start. I've had, we've had times in our business where we've had 50K months and we had one month that was during COVID that we had a hundred K month and I almost killed myself. Like it was so busy, like not kill myself as in like I was yes, depressed. I like kill myself as hustled. I was hard. Yeah. yeah. But the truth is our business, you know, to support two of us in the business and our contractors and our team members and our office and things like that to break even is far, far, far in excess of, of 10 K. So if someone's rabbiting around 10K, I'm like, I don't know what that means because to break even, we need like triple that. Absolutely. And I think you're just talking about the top line. You're not talking about your profitability. And, you know, we're working with a client at the moment who's got a $10 million year, but because they've had growing pains, because they haven't been working on the foundations that are simple, not easy, their profit has the potential to go negative in the next quarter. And so who gives a, sorry to swear, who gives a shit about yeah. that top line? Okay. We, we passed the fuck barrier in here several episodes ago, okay, quite good. a long time ago. <laughs> so relax. If you've got a ch young child, I apologize in advance. It's another yeah. F barrier episode. But I mean, we're just not talking about it. And like I worked in a bank for over a decade. So I have seen what money does to people. And it comes with this shame that just blows my mind in a way that Maybe if your Catholic sex does, I don't know. I'm not Catholic, so I don't have that. But it just seems to be across generations, genders, you know, race, ethnicity, country of origin, you name it. There's this stigma around money, which is just not healthy, particularly when you're going to be as brave as to start a business. It's like, I do so think brave. too. It's hard to, if you've been working in a job, because you're ex-corporate, like you came out of that and then became a business owner. You know, and I was a teacher and I came into it and there's this mind shift change that you've got to make around it's okay to ask for money for the value where you sit or where you're finding it and doing that without feeling like there's something wrong with it and and shifting out of that, I'm just going to get money for turning up. You know, like one of the things that I talk about with you guys in the Content Master Web is one of the things I do is I don't go out to sales meetings. I don't meet people face to face. And the reason I don't do that is that's such a corporate idea because if you're in a corporate job and you're going to find a vendor or something like that, you're getting paid while you're in traffic, while you're getting your coffee, while you're sitting with that person on the way home. Everything of that is paid. And when you become a business owner, none of that is paid. Absolutely. And it's little things like we see a lot of people, particularly in that really micro startup phase, 
and they're not thinking about, they're just thinking about the session fee. They're not thinking about, like if I use a photographer for an example, you know, they're like, oh, well, I'm going to get paid $50 for 15 minutes in their mind. And I'm like, how long is it going to take you to edit? How long is it going to take you to market, to land that person? And then, you know, like all the stuff that runs a business, but what's happening in their mind is quite rightly is comparing that to their current hourly rate at $26 an hour going 50 bucks for 50 minutes, $200 an hour. I'm rocking it. Well, you're not because you're not going to get, you know, 40 of those in a week, are you? Yeah. And I think that's something I actually was talking with this with a client around the week and she was like costing out and telling me what she was charging, which was severely undercharged. And she started breaking it down. I went, right. So that visit you did there, did you account for your traffic costs? Did you account for the fact that you've got to do email support? Did you account for the fact that they often ask for changes? And she didn't have any of that in. And the offer that she had that was 1500 when we reworked it, it was 3750 It was over double when she took into account how many hours she was actually doing to do that work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then what she probably had that realization is how many hours has she got available in the week to do that? Because that's one thing we were literally having a chat in, in our session on Tuesday with some clients is someone asked and went, hey, I'm in the startup. There's a few of you here, a bit longer. We're in a similar industry. How many hours a week do you spend on your business? Because I'm wanting to do it in 20. And one of the girls was really good. And she's like, so I aim to do mine in 30, but last week was 55. And, you know, that's the power of community because no one's going to admit that shit in a Facebook group. Like, they're going to be like, oh, no, look at me. I'm like, here's my photo of me on my walk because I make time to be balanced. <laughs> Fucking no. <laughs> it's you really hard. your desk because you were desperate for some fresh air and we're not letting you know you were still on your laptop at 8 o'clock at night, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, I, you know, it took me a long time to build those boundaries around my time and I still have to fight some bad habits. Like, one of the things I've started doing when I get home is after dinner, uh, because often I go straight into cooking dinner when they get home, and I can t- consider dinner now as part of my work day. That was a shift. I don't see it as separate work. I just go part of my work day. Yeah. But now my phone goes upstairs next to my bedside to charge, and I'm downstairs with no phone because I know that if my phone's there, I'm picking it up from habit and looking at it. I'm not fully present. I'm not fully engaging. I don't take it when we're going out on dates or things like that. Or I, I just separate the phone and I can feel myself almost angry at myself. I can feel myself being angry at myself when I when I take it somewhere because I'm like, I'm still, I can't, I don't have the self-control not to be attached to it if I don't have it. And, but that took ages to realize and learn that actually you could have a business where you're not working after five and you're not checking things through the night and you're not working weekends. Absolutely. And, it's hard and though. It, it is. It's really hard because remember those platforms are designed to suck us in. Those devices. Absolutely. They, they're like, you know, like they are designed to like trap us like Vegas, like lose lose control of um, or awareness of time to keep using it. And I think like for someone like me, it's much easier because my small people are a really good barrier. They're like, I don't care feed me and so for me it's really natural to switch off but then I look at people you know like yourself and Robin my business partner mm. and you're at that other chapter yeah you, and, and so I know it's frustrating harder. sometimes but eh? that's yeah. harder for you because you one you've got a different generational like dialogue around work ethic yeah. and so that's hard um, yeah, I had to us, break it. It's us hard. Are a bit more on that millennial side. We're like, yeah, we got a little bit, a little bit less of um, the Protestant work having, ethic, you know. Try having a Gen Z. Like they're like seriously, like I want to work fifteen hours a week, but I want to get paid uh, maybe three hundred thousand dollars a year. I don't really want to have a particular qualification. I'm just going to follow my bliss, um, and I don't want to have to get out of bed early. I prefer to just really not have to worry about, it, and I don't want to go into an office. Like this is all three of my kids, even the hardworking ones. That's their ideal job. Yeah, yeah, per- preferably you know? you know some kind of YouTubing thing on a beach in yeah. Thailand. <laughs> well, they don't want to. But do- oh no, they could all do that. They don't want to do that because they don't want to be on video like their mother. So like I've totally turned them off that. But <laughs> but but then but this is part of that like um fictional algorithm message, yeah. right? Which is you can have a business doing that. And that is true, but that is true for the one percenters. Ah, oh, even like 0.01, yes. right? Yeah. And yeah. then the rest of us are hanging out here in adulting land where washing needs to be done and the dog needs to be walked and, you know, the kids get sick. And we also want to have the chance to breathe. And then when we we're tired and we just want to sit down and have a cup of tea for the afternoon. 
But it's it's messy. Yeah, it is and messy. It's, it's, now, it's messy. I, I wanted to talk to you particularly around this kind of space, actually, around the overwhelm. So obviously there is some things we have to break down when we change the way we see things around profit and, and judging things. But what do you think in terms of positive steps to improve the space when we're in those moments of this is all too hard, I don't know what to work on first, how do I prioritize my time? What do you say to people when they're in that space? Such a good question. Um so the first thing is I think you've got to be, you've got to be really plugged into, and this sounds waffly, so bear with me, but you've got to be really plugged into your why because it's got to be strong enough to pull you through the overwhelm. But then you have to apply a non-woo lens to it and be commercially savvy enough to go, so what does this mean? And one of the things that we really love to step people through is just that clarity of how many widgets or how many things do you need to do every month in order to make the money you want to. And and like I had a session earlier this week with someone who's been in business for six years and that was the first time she'd ever done that. And from there, I was like, okay, cool. So you need six of those a month. How are you going to get those six? And, and then you can start to see, oh, okay, you can go into brainstorm mode and your brain will come up with solutions. And then you've got to go, so how do I plan my time, my week, my month, my quarter to make that happen? And in all of that, know that your phone's going to try and suck you into a vortex. The algorithms kind of keep pinging at you that there's a better way of doing it. Your kids are still going to get sick. You're still going to get tired and life's still going to happen. But if you've got that uh, grounding to come back to, then when you have that, I call them fuck it bucket weeks or days, you chuck <laughs> it in great. the fuck it bucket yeah. and you come back to that place where you go, oh, I breathed there. Let me come back to that place where I had that moment, that light bulb, that piece of clarity, and I'll start there again. And it's not sexy. Like it's not a four-hour work week. It's not some kind of magic seven figures, you know, in seven days. It's it's boring. Like we like this stuff's the warm up and the cool down of exercise. Yeah, I, like I call it the you call it the fuck it bucket. I call it the be kind to myself day. So like I have, and one of the things that you and I have talked about, never actually properly about it. We've kind of alluded to it during coaching sessions. Is that um, I definitely have learned to be more in tune with my own cycle as a woman. So I like I know that. There are a couple of days a month where I don't want to show my face. I don't have high energy. I really struggle with that. And I still sometimes have to show my face, but I don't give myself a shit talk about it. Like I don't go, what is wrong with you? Why can't you do this? I'm now going, damn, it's amazing you got you got dressed today, Rachel. Good job. Absolutely. And that's a way of like turning down perfectionist Polly or negative Nancy in our brain. And it like and so there's there's the power of as women understanding our cycle, um, but even as humans, just understanding the seasons. Like we are still in a caveman body. It just happens that our technology doesn't care. Um, and and you know, like there's just this hustle dialogue. Or like last week, everyone panicked that it was June. Still got yeah. half the year, guys. I know it is. You still got half the year. Though. It's okay. It's okay. But it doesn't mean you have to wipe it off. Or like, you know, when you have those flatter days, you don't, like just what you're saying, when you're aware that you're going to have those flat days and you can just inject just a little, little tiny bit of self-kindness, that ripples out in a way that you're, you know, like you're not going to see instantly, but in 90 days you'd see it and you'd feel it. Yeah. And I think for me, um, I have really learned that if I am getting that self-talk right, plus I've blocked out time to get those widgets done. It really helps. Because do you want to talk through your week and month? Like, what do you personally do? Absolutely. So um, for those of you, well, how, no one's going to know. I've got three small, small people. So my eldest is five. He started school this year. And my youngest turns one next month. So I have one day a week, which is Thursday, which is my total mum day. Um, and Friday is a bit of a hybrid day and that bubs normally comes along with me. And then Monday through Wednesday, um, I'm working a school, a school day. So, uh, I don't typically start anywhere before nine and I'm, it's a, it's a hard finish at 2.15 for me. So what I find really helpful is I color code my outlook and, uh, yellow pops to me. So that is yellow is revenue is client facing time and at a glance I can then see if a week has got enough space in there to for billable hours essentially 
Um, but also I know within myself, uh, so my chronotype is such that I do my best work in the morning. Now I don't do my best work in a 5am club morning cause small people. So, but what I do do is I do really good work before 11am. And so on a Monday, it's really important psychologically for me to start really well. So I have a, what I call a deep work Monday. So I use focus night, which is amazing yeah. it's so cool right oh. i haven't used it in ages it's honestly i need to get back on it with you yes absolutely yeah and so it's i look forward to that i'm like and and i also know that if i've had a hard week having that monday two hours in deep zone without interruption gets me back to breathing uh, and so it means i can look at what i've got planned or what i wanted to get to and i can make inroads onto it so that's monday then monday afternoon is typically team and client facing time Tuesday is all clients other than our session um, with in the content master web. And then Wednesday is a mix of uh, client facing networking and every now and then, you know, I'll be like, oh, space. Yes, let's let's plan this thing there. Thursdays is mum day. And then Fridays, as I said, is, is a very hybrid day. Now, that's the intention. Kids get sick. But what it means is that I can come back and go, what did I miss out on last week? What am I feeling really overwhelmed by? And also, if I'm like, you know, feeling choky about cash flow or sales or revenue, I can go, okay, let's look at the last three weeks. Did you do enough of the stuff that that generates, you know, the inquiries and the billable hours? Uh, And so for me, I think because I've been doing it for such a long time, I can review that really on the fly and like quick. But it's a skill. It takes practice. And, you know, like I was just talking to someone earlier on in this week is every time you think you've got your shit sorted, life will serve you up something to remind you you don't. So I have – this is this is like a new system that has been reintroduced because my other half went back to – he took the parental leave. So he went back to work at the start of this term. So this term has just been a, a shit show. It's been all sorts of chaos trying to find our feet. Um, but that will even out. And so what was working needed to be reworked. And likewise, when I had two kids, that was very different to three kids. And like life before kids was so much different. You know, so I think there's not a magic way of running your week or your life. And, you know, I have I have a method that works for me because time blocking works for me. But for someone like you, Rach, that might not work because, you know, an, an ADHD brain perhaps doesn't like that in the same way. No, you know? I, I don't do time blocking. I do days. So I go, Thursday is my, I have contact master with you guys at 9 till 10. And then generally, unless it's a bad day and I have to squish something in there, generally that rest that day is what I call a free flow day. I have a massive list of marketing activity that I do. And I write out a big sheet, like an A1 sheet every month. And I do check boxes of how much I need of each thing. And I just basically work through and do a block of all that stuff and just battle through it. Um, and, and that works really, really well for me. It's free flow. I've learned not to go, I'm going to use this time for, um, like I had a bit today where I went, I'm going to do show notes between nine and 10. I did not do show notes, but I did podcast stuff. So I've learned that I shouldn't say what I'm going to do in that block. I just have it as a free flow. And that works really well for me. And then I go face-to-face is Wednesday for one-to-ones, group Tuesday, Thursday with my stuff. Friday's podcast, Monday's admin. Now, I still at the moment, it's busy. So I've got clients I'm seeing one-on-one on a Monday. And because of public holidays, I've been seeing some one-on-one clients on Tuesdays or Thursdays. So it's not perfect. That's that whole thing of sometimes things shift and change. But I find that building that out has made it really manageable for me and stopped having to work at night and in the weekends. And, and I think the biggest mistake business owners make is they don't give space for the non-client content out time and then don't build enough to afford to be able to do that. Uh-huh, yeah, 100%. And, and it's a chicken and an egg cycle. And it's really interesting because we were talking about that on Tuesday and now, you know, think about where your time gets spent session. And the whole group went, I've not got enough in my monthly and quarterly boxes. And I'm like, and so they went, so I'm not working on the business. And I'm like, no wonder you're feeling like you're not making progress. And and so that's why like, you know, working with someone like us is we create that space. And like same with working for us, working with you is I create, you've created that space for us to come and do the thing. But if you're not, then, or the other thing that I see is I see people pushing through past that and this is like a corporate word but it's past diminishing returns right like you're pouring in the cup's overflowing and you're looking at something that if you stopped 
shut your laptop down, took the dog for a walk. If you looked at that in the morning, you'd do it in a quarter or less of the time that you've just spent on that. And yeah, I I'm just learning think, that. Yeah, I'm I still d- am learning that. Yeah, I sometimes sit there and I, I spend a day trying to do something and I go, if I had taken a half hour break and just given myself a refresh and I'm, le- I'm getting better at it. You know, because I'm like, once I sit down to do it, I'm like, I've got to get this done. But I'm, I'm learning to go, actually, just take the break. The br- and, and for me, you know, like I said before that I don't work weekends and nights, guys, I actually kind of totally lied there because one thing I do do is I create TikToks often during that time or edit stuff. But I find that relaxing and I don't see it work. I find it like it's playful for me. So quite often if I'm stuck, I go and create content because it helps me light up again and then I go back and do my work because I still consider that playing, which is dangerous because I often forget to put time in for it. Yeah, well, and uh, uh, but as long as you've got space for some other kind of play, then I don't think that's yeah, dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Oh, yes. Yeah. This is, this, can I actually say this is the thing that I realized that I'd made a mistake with because the last month I've been really into listening to Denise Duffel's book about mindset and, mm-hmm. my, and it was really great. But I was enjoying it so much, I started listening to it again on my daily walks, in the car, and stuff like that. And I was finding myself getting more and more agitated when I went to work. And I realized it was because I'd stopped listening to my crappy playlist of music that I'm never going to tell anyone that I listen to. Or the podcasts I listen to that are just for fun podcasts. And I, was giving, I wasn't giving my brain rest. Yes, it's so true. And I can... Like I see that in myself as well as I have to take the dog for a walk with our technology. My phone doesn't come with me because otherwise what happens is my brain goes, oh, idea, or I want to, because you're probably like me and that I'll listen to a podcast and I'll walk away with 10 ideas and I'm like, oh, I'll do the things. And I'm like, I actually need, like most of us need to do less things. We need to just do the things we should already be doing. And, yes, and very allowing, true. And allowing our brain a nap time in terms of decompression just to daydream is so powerful. And like, I'm really lucky, right? Because my kids are little. They show me that. When they're bored, like when they're bored, and I just kind of just ignore them like a healthy bit. Like I don't ignore my kids, but a healthy bit. They come up with a solution. A new game gets created. Like all of a sudden, Duplo Towers are being built and it's beautiful. And But it, it took 10 minutes. I'm bored. And so our brains have forgotten that that's really powerful is to go, I'm bored. And so we've got the itch. Get the phone, scratch the itch. But actually, if we just felt the itch, it would come, watch the clouds, do something, make a cup of tea and actually like enjoy it. We create space for creativity and we, or even if we're not creative, like I don't describe myself as particularly creative, but I need to be to come up with great solutions for my clients. My dad's an artist though, Rachel. So to me, oh, creativity yeah, my is creating is as well. it's pretty sculptures rough, right? and paintings. It's not yeah, being like, hey, here's this fun thing I Try, want. Yeah. My <laughs> mum was an art teacher. I'm feeling you. It's just, so I, because I, I, I think this is quite an interesting thing because I actually had this conversation with Rob this morning because he said, oh, you're in a bit later than normal. And I went, well, I, it's because I have quite a busy day today and I'm really practicing this thing of um, allowing myself to slowly enjoy the day on a day that I would normally be stressed. And so I find that then I talk slower, I'm more ordered, I'm more focused, I actually get more work done. Instead, if I come in and go, oh, there's so much to do today, how am I going to get it all done? I'm coming into it more relaxed. And that took so long to work out that that actually helps you get a better output for your business. Absolutely. And there'll still be times that that feels hard and where you won't do it well. Because like, here's me talking about it. Like, I have fuck it bucket weeks. For all that I've got this intention and I've been working in this space for a really long time. But I just, that that intention and, you know, right there what you just touched on is you, you've you already given the voice in your head a different script. Yeah. Which is, I have time for this today. Because I think one of the things we don't talk about enough is when you're on a salary, your to-do list when it's not done becomes the employer's problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's when, such a good thing. Right, yeah. and 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 no one no one gives as much of a shit about running the business as the business owner. Right, so if you're in a SME and you want your you know ops manager to care as much, they're never going to. Sorry, sunshine. No, they never will. They're just not never going will. to. But those yeah. of us that were brave enough and courageous enough to start a business, there's always going to be a new idea. There's always going to be another book to read. And our to-do lists are never going to get finished. And I think sometimes we don't make peace with the fact that there's going to be a lot we choose to not do. 
I really struggle with this myself. Like I have landing pages where I've written the content. I've like, I've optimized on my landing pages. I've, I've had ones that I wanted to do since January and it's, I need to have a good couple of days just blocked out to do that stuff. And at the moment we're in a place of growth and, and I'm, you know, as like you are, we're building our coaching program and that takes a lot of time and energy. So I've had to make sacrifices of other things and that fuck it bucket, it kind of, I've put it in the fuck it bucket. It's a long-term thing and yes, it would make impact. And now I'm going, I actually really do need to get that thing done. But I, I am, I have to constantly, and, and people often surprised with this, I'm constantly dissatisfied with my marketing. And I'm constantly dissatisfied with things because I want to, I'm driven to do it better, but I'm also learning to make peace with that. And and I think there's such a beautiful sentiment, like you can want perfection, but be okay with progress. And yeah. it's really hard because we've got these scripts, particularly as women, but I think for all of us, because guys get it too right, the script out there in algorithm land is perfectly killed here. Like you and I do not have perfectly yeah. killed uh, here. No, <laughs> well, I have killed here, <laughs> but I... I call yeah, and when I actually mentioned that in my podcast. Oh, actually, in my thing, I was like, I will never have nice nails. Like it's just, like I I remember when I started going to Casey because I'm a face picker, which is really bad. And I I said to the first time I said, look, I am 50 years old and I pick at my face. I do it. I know it's wrong, but if you tell me that that's what I need to do to fix my face, it's a waste of time. So never tell me. Let's just treat what I've got. And I don't really pick it anymore because my skin's got better, but. I just had to put it out there. It's the same with my nails. Don't tell me to have nice nails because I'm going to pick the nail polish off the minute it gets on there. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're just, yes. We're not. It's not me. No, it's not who I am. And I just, we can't. I salute people who can be perfect, but I think they also must be fractured on the inside and really close to burnout. Well, I just, I look at, yeah, or like I'll often, um, I have people that are, are so good at doing other things but I know that the things I do, they can't do. And that's the, how I've kind of made it. Like gone, I, there's things I can do that other people go, how can you do that? Well, I can do it because I don't do my nails and my hair every day. Like I have more time. I have time to go for a walk. And the reason I don't often wear makeup to work is I went actually for me, going for a walk in the mornings is more important to my physical health, my mental health, and my ability to concentrate at work than putting makeup on my face so I had to choose absolutely and it's like for me because I think that there's this awful script we get as mums in business you know young mums in business because this Instagrammable life shite you know yeah like, have a beige where's the beige life? I was gonna say you know I was gonna say where's Would the beige you? clothes Alana oh, nah, my kids are in all sorts of peanut butter stained goodness um and and it's that same thing right like I could choose a matching outfit and do my hair or I could have 10 minutes on my yoga mat um I could clean my kitchen bench before I go to bed, but that might take me down a rabbit hole and I know I need to get to bed by 9.30 in order to... And yeah, so me too. I just think you've got to know yourself and you've got to know you can't do it all. So be okay with the stuff you're giving up, even though social media will tell you not to be okay with it. And it comes back to that clarity. You've got to have the clarity to stand there strong. I so agree with that. And I'm going to tell you this story, which I don't think I've ever told in the podcast before. It's actually about my daughter, Susie, when she was four. So this is just to kind of reassert that with you. So we came back, we'd been to Taiwan and we'd come back and I, we'd left because of bird flu, which was the initial COVID. Um, and we left, we were going to be there for two years. We came back after four months. I had a severely depressed, mentally, mentally unwell husband and we were living at my parents because we'd sold everything. We had no jobs, nothing. It was like a nightmare. And I'd managed to get her some clothes from farmers and she looked great. And then we went for a walk to the library and she splashed in this muddy puddle and got all her brand new clothes uh, dirty. And I just lost it because I was so angry that she had ruined the perfect image of me holding my shit together. And I remember losing it, like screaming at her at the street. And then there was halfway through the scream, I went, what the hell is going on here? Why are you making her your handbag of how you are showing yourself to the world she is having the time of her life splashing in this puddle and from that moment I decided that I would never allow my children to be the way my children looked to be the way that would portray how I was valued seen as a a mother and seriously, sometimes it was quite hard because sometimes they went through periods of doing 17 different patterns and it was like, it was a terrible, terrible thing. But 
that helped me allow them to be who they were and it helped me to understand that I was not having to be seen as this perfect put together mother to be accepted and to find my people. And to find your people. And and it's really yeah. interesting. I was reading um, a, a post that um, Kate Toon put up in her uh, Facebook about group. The, yeah, about, about the, comparisonitis. Um, yes. And I was like, that's so true because I see this this huge gulf between I'm I, I'm now a school pickup mum, right? And it is different than daycare pickup. And and so we split it um, between my partner and I and we split it. And, and uh, he does not get any comparisonitis. No, just, you it know, it just care. does right. not even right. on his radar, which is so cool. So cool. I'm there going, oh, I got holes in my shoes. There's still peanut butter on my shoulder from this morning. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wearing a matching tracksuit? No, there is no matching tracksuit. And there is only makeup on if it's been an in-person client day, right? Like, just in all honesty, right? Like, makeup is something I don't have time for unless I'm being paid to wear it, um, which is a whole other conversation we could have in another time. But it's just that comparisonitis and... And what are we teaching our kids when we are showing them that our worth is only the outside? Like, I just don't want my kids to have that message. Like, yesterday, I'm big up, and my kids all dress himself. Well, not baby, baby, but, you know, like, three-year-old dresses himself. He was in his frozen slippers, a, a glittery dino T-shirt, a dino hat. He would have been in bare feet had it not been so cold. And he, he was just racing around, like, living the time of his life. And I'm like... And quite often there's nail polish or there's like, you know, they've, they've still got their pink t-shirts from pink t-shirt day and it's just all sorts of chaos. But, and the washing pile is real, right? Because they will stomp in the puddles, but it's showing them that it's not about their appearance. And I just, yeah, it's just, it's such a toxic script. Anyway, this is so off script from what we can talk about. I know, I know. Sorry, sorry, clarity. No, but I think that it is still about overwhelm because one of the things that I found when I had young children was just choosing the battles or the things that wouldn't allow me to get overwhelmed. So I did sometimes go to bed with a messy bench in kitchen because that made it easier. Um, we didn't have drawers. I made plastic baskets and drew pictures of the clothes. And then they learned from an early age to throw their clothes into the tops drawer, the shorts drawer. So they were doing develop, they were looking after themselves and doing those things. And that helped reduce the overwhelm for me as a working parent um, or as a, like as a business parent. Um, I took them to sales. I took them to business meetings. You know, like I, I went back to work when Re- Rebecca, the younger, the second one was six weeks old and I was breastfeeding during Zoom calls with briefing sessions. Uh, they couldn't see that I was, I wasn't like hanging my boob out, you know, like that. But, I, you know, like I it was just a normalized part of what I did back then. And it was so revolutionary back then. Like people weren't doing it, it's but still I was just revolutionary like, now. Like, which is crazy, comments, which is nuts, right? So, so, so I have kids that don't take bottles, right? So that, that just is part of it. So, so, yeah, mine didn't either. So, Gwen has come along like once we, I felt comfortable leaving the house, she'd get bundled on up and she'd come to a and i meeting until she got to that point that I knew she'd be okay for, for a couple of hours without me. But do you know what, though? The humanity in that room when it went from Bubs, Bubs the Bump to Bubs the Person, there were people in the room, and I have a really cool B&I group, there were people in that room that all of a sudden spoke to me with connection and humanity and she gets totted along to staff and people love it and it's just she's a pretty cruisy baby she, though well 100 yeah. percent, she's a cruisy baby does help like yeah, i did that with the first helps. one couldn't have done it with the third <laughs> yes no no yeah, no no, yeah. no um she knows i couldn't have done it with her too yeah she loves it yeah, yeah. and and there's a sweet spot right like there's no way now like with you asking could i come to the session next thursday that you're running down here in Tauranga, which is going to be amazing um, I can't because I can't bring Renegade. Like he's amazing, but he cannot be brought into a room full of that many people because he would literally be drawing on the walls or climbing over or tipping the juice over or something like that, right? And so, I I'd love to help you out, but also I know that I was co- I was totally okay with saying hey no, and I think that's also about finding your people, right? You've got to have people in your ecosystem who are okay when you pull out. Or say no. Yeah, absolutely. And joy in the fact that you said no because it's you you doing yeah. what you most need. You know. And I'll just actually say that I always forget what that's like because my children were so. I actually feel like I trained my children to be too obedient. Like I'm trying to like undo some of the damage I did. But I used to because I was a single mum. Sometimes the day the childcare would drop off and I would have to run workshops and they would literally from the age of two or three be able to stay at the back of the room all day quietly engaged not 
stress out anybody else and quietly be there the whole day. And I thought everyone's kids were like that. But I think I also was a very terrifying, controlling person to get them to do that. I would reward them a lot. Like I'd be like, you do this and we'll be going getting hot cakes for breakfast tomorrow. Uh, anything you want for dinner tonight. Like at any time they'd move, like move, I'd be like, I'd be talking to people and I'd be like, giving them like a glare, like the mum's stare. But I, yeah, so I know like that's what my kids were like. But I also know that a lot of people aren't like that. And I like it when people say I can't come because my child's going to be dis- disruptive because it's not, it's not pleasurable for anybody. It's not pleasurable for the presenter. It's not pleasurable for the other people there. They get shitty with you. And then you're like feeling bad that you've brought your child there. You don't want to have that feeling. So I'm like, don't ever, no one should ever feel they should do that. But equally, if you know your child and you're happy to be there and then if they're upset, leave, do that too. Like anyone should feel that they are safe to do it. But understanding the impact, I think, is is the key, which is what you're doing. Yeah. And I think as well, like one of the things that I witness is people feeling like they've always got to be on. And I know that we talk about that a lot on the Contact Master web and the algorithm has a demand for that, right? But also you're like kids spell love time, right? Like T-I-M-E is how they spell love. And I was talking to someone last week and they were like, I think I wished the young years away. And then I was talking to um, a really good friend this morning and her kids are 18 months away from finishing school. And she's like, where's the time gone? And there's always going to be time to be successful in business. Yeah. And I'd agree with that too. It's really hard when you're at the place you're at. And we've actually changed the topic of this this podcast and I'm actually 100% 100 happy about it. But we are at different stages. Like my daughter, Emily, she's her last year at school, last year at home this year. And then we've got no children with us. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I went through a grieving when Susie, the, the oldest one, left. And now I'm like super excited that my kids are going. I still miss them deeply. I hate it when they're, when they're not there. I want to, if there's a problem, I want to have them capture them. Like I want to like get them back in the nest. And But I will say that I do not regret the fact that my business when they were little was one where I was at home and working from home. It was flexible around them. Did I sometimes put my work before them? Yes, I did. Do I have regrets around that? Yes, I did. But I also know, looking back, I did the best job that I was able to do in the place that I was there. And I was a single parent. I didn't have support the way that I have now. So I'm looking at it at the filter of someone that now has the privilege of having someone who goes, you're tired tonight, let me do the dinner. I didn't have that. Yeah. And I think it is okay to have the smaller Maybe the crappier, the less successful, the less profitable, the less growth that you know you've got within your business when you've got a little group of people. And that is 100% okay because it passes. And the skills you learn from trying to manage that come with you and you have more time. Yeah. And it's like, it's compounding, right? Success is compounding. And I I think, you know... Sometimes we talk about it, but maybe we don't talk enough about that tip of the iceberg and everyone sees the iceberg and success and that, you know, there's a lot of noise. It's a a squawky media environment for those of us as business owners and we see these instant success people and you've got no idea of the context. Like I know someone, I know someone who's got a business that if I just knew their social media story, I'd be like, holy shit. In business, similar amount of time. But do you know what? That person will be working 70 hours a week. I oh, cannot they will, do that. Yeah. I've, got, I've no. got 21 to 25. And for all that, all of a sudden I get that gut punch that goes, oh, you should be doing more. I also then turn it around and go, yeah, but you, you spent an hour in the sandpit with your kids yesterday. You spent two hours playground hopping with them. You know, that person didn't get to do that because they don't have kids. That's not their reality. And, you know, like, it's similar, like, you, you're getting to that other stage. You've got way more hours. So I can't be like, oh, how's Rachel come up with all these reels and TikToks and she's so clever? And I'm like, well, it's because she's, like, not exhausted by 7 p.m. because she's just worked through the most tiring three hours of a parent's life, you know? Oh, my God. My whole business when the kids were little was basically doing work during the zoo time so I'd get a nanny to look after them so I could have a break from it. Like, it was a pure act of genius. Like, I would most of my work was from 4.30 to 7.30 at night. 
uh, because I was doing stuff with early childhood. And so I missed heaps of them. It was fantastic. And I would have work away. So I'd have breaks away from them. It sounds terrible because, but I love my kids, but it meant that I was there in the weekends and I was there most mornings yeah. and I was, and it you know, meant you're a better mum when you were with them. And uh, I think like definitely. that's something we don't talk enough about is it's okay I had to, to use love it. Yeah. working. So yeah. that you were a better mum. Like I 100% yeah. salute the parents who can just be parents because I can't. The The year that I was off, because with my second two, I've been in business for myself. With my first, I was on corporate maternity leave until my role was established, right? And I hated it. I had postnatal uh, depression and anxiety without having a name to put on it. I was miserable because I had gone from the smart, talented, knew how to answer anything, go-to person. And I was trapped in a house with a person who couldn't talk back for 12 hours a day. You cannot feel successful at that. And I just think we need to talk more about it's okay to be feeling like you're spread a bit thin. But if it makes you better because you've got adult company and you've got something mentally stimulating and then you're a better parent. But also to come back to kind of original topic around overwhelm, be present when you're present. And I think that is a really key part of it is to feel like whatever you're doing that you've got that this is the time I can do this and that's part of that kind of segmenting your space out yeah if you let's just talk about if you the children are like in 10 years time um so you would have them all at school some at high school they hopefully got good self-management skills they're able to do a bit of stuff around the house like let's talk about good things how do you see your business being would you still be doing do you still want to do the thing you're doing now and how do you see that looking for you yes and so it, and that's part of our business model shift is for us one-to-one clients are wonderful but there's a ceiling to it and they're also emotionally uh needy and I'm and I mean that in a nice way I love humans but they're needy our the so part of our financial drive is to have the ability to take the kids my partner's um uh, British, so it's half Irish, half, half English, and we would like the kids to have some time there to understand that side of their heritage before grandparents get too old, before their cousins, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And so for us, 10 years' time looks like being able to do our business, but over there. Um, and that clarity is so powerful because if if we strip the numbers back, we are so close to being able to do it. And so it takes the choke feeling off me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, that's we so underestimate. I love that we underestimate yeah. what we can do in a decade, but we underestimate yeah. what we can do in a week. And it's such this weird thing that we do with time because if we focused on the ten year, and so part of part of our memberships is do a ten year plan about life, not yeah. just about business. Yeah, no, because, we do that too. Because yeah. business is just a vehicle for your life. It's just somewhere in the narrative of being a business owner, we swap it out. And then no wonder we've got SME business owners, stress rates, burnout rates, depression rates through the roof. It's because we think we've got to be doing it all. But actually, if we stopped and remember why we start this business, we might not like the business we're running now. And so you can strip out some of the the other stuff you've added in or feel like you need to be doing. I think it's really important too to go, actually, this is the stage I'm at now. And this is, but I know everything I'm doing now is focused on that 10-year goal. And because I, I feel that's what we're doing because we're relocating next year. And we've got plans about what we're doing. And then we've got plans for our business of what it wants to be in five, 10 years time. And I come 52 this year. So 10 years time is 62. We're saying, you know, well, how long do we want to be working for? What does that look like? What is work for us past 60? What does that, you know, what is the energy flow for that? So I know I'm in this place where I'm in a crux where I've got more time, but I've got a shorter period of time left to be full energy. So it's just, it's similar. It's a, it's a, it's like a there's different moments. So I think having that end goal, I wake up every day with this is the end goal. Brain, do the thing that needs me to do what I need to do today to get to that end goal. I'm not thinking granular of now. I'm always going what's the long term picture, and it helps today go yes. better. It and stops the overwhelm, and it helps then when you're reflecting on a day that might have felt shit. Yeah. To go, that's going to happen because did I do something this week or this month that's got me close to that big thing? And, you know, I had one of those moments on on um, on Wednesday. We, I had literally just like back to back in a nice way of lighting people up. Yeah, me too. And at the end of the day, <laughs> I was knackered. But, but I was like, oh, so connected to my why because the impact – that I had on those people's lives, I know was so profound. And so if I was exhausted 
Luckily, I have Thursday for Mum Day, which is really important because it grounds me. I have space. I don't check my emails. And it's little things, right? Like my out-of-office says, go away in a nice way. It says go away in a really nice way. Um, and my voicemail says the same thing. And, like, it's, it's so important because you go, here's the big thing. Here's what I'm doing today. Did I make a move towards that? Yes, that's success. It's not just what the algorithm's tricking me. It's like it's seven figures in seven that's days. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. So if people want to work with you and be part of the success circle, how do they do that? Um, so best thing is to head along to um, our website, which is www.yoursuccessteam.co.nz. Um, or I'm really active on LinkedIn and we're also on Instagram. Um, and so Doing can... a good job on the Instagram right S- now, Alana. Thank you very much, Rachel. I've got a very good coach. <laughs> <laughs> you're showing up beautifully. I was going to say something the other day. I was like, oh, I like the fact you're wearing colour in that post. It was great. That's me sign writing myself rather than I the know, cat. <laughs> right. Sign writing yourself with the cat is good. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like I, I love to chat, um, as people pr- listening to this have probably worked out. So, um, yeah, no, that sounds perfect. And the, the, um, success circle is only 97 a month. Yeah. So it's only $97 a month. And, and part of that is we're, we're really stuck to disrupting the system, which is everyone loves Netflix, right? People, we love Netflix and that is game-changing value for what you pay we want the success circle to be like that so we have a really beautiful roadmap for the success circle but basically right now you get 15 hours of live support a month you get instant community instant resources um, and you've got space to work on as well as in the business and work through stuff and it's just honestly they're the most fabulous people because you know your vibe attracts your tribe that's such a trite cliche but it's so true so if you like nice people who are kind (laughs) then it's an amazing space as a business owner to be to just feel less alone. Okay. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, everyone go and check that out. And otherwise, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thanks, Rachel, for having me. You're very welcome. What I love about this podcast is it went down the track of something quite organic and not what Alana and I originally planned to talk about, but it was still such an amazing episode for me to find out how Alana manages everything. Now, before we jump into you taking action for today, I want to let you know that if you haven't heard already, I've got a new podcast starting. If you go to confident con- if you go to confidentcontentpodcast.com without the blah, blah, blah thing bit in there and register, you will be able to get notifications of when the first podcast comes out and listen to the trailer that's already there to find out a bit about it. It comes out on August the 18th and I will be releasing it then or three episodes for you to listen to. It's all about deep content marketing, going deep with my clients, with some experts and using a bit of my knowledge as well. Super excited. All right, let's take some actions on this. Remember, you get to choose the type of business you have. You get to choose the hours you're going to work and then you can create from that a plan that makes it possible. Make sure you include time in there for admin, for marketing, for all the other things you need to do when running your business. And make a plan for outsourcing some of those things so you can concentrate on what you do best. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Map It Marketing. Next week, it's me and I'm talking to you about the sticky web of content marketing as we count down the last few episodes of Map It Marketing for just a little while. Have a great week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.